What's up, everyone? You got myself, Dr. Derek Williams, here with you today. Thanks for joining me. I wanted to jump right into this episode today. This episode has been a thought that I have had for a while. My wife actually asked me this question when she read some article or something from somewhere else, but she basically posed the question to me. She said, what do you think were your three best decisions that you made as an owner of your practice? So I thought of those, I kind of gave her my answers. You know, that was several months ago. Since then, I've thought through those things and I've thought, man, this would make a really cool podcast episode. So I wanna take a little bit of time today to kind of answer that question and to talk through the three best decisions that I made as a practice owner. So without delay, let's get into it. The first best decision that I made as a practice owner was to front load the process. And I know this is an all encompassing term that a lot of things kind of get thrown under this, but I do feel like it's worth talking through because if you can approach your ownership in this way, even if you're five years into ownership and you realize that you have maybe not put in the time that your practice deserves, deserves, you can still front load the process at this point by stopping, acknowledging that you haven't done what is necessary to get things in place where you want it to be. Talk to your staff, have a meeting and say, look, I apologize. I am really going to rededicate myself to the practice, to being the best leader that I can be, providing the support that you guys need. And this is where I want to go. And this is what we're going to do. So you can do it at any point, but obviously the earlier that you make this decision and you put in the time and energy, the longer you have to reap the rewards and the faster you're going to make progress. So let me talk through a few of the things that I kind of put under this bucket category of front loading the process. The first thing is to basically invest in your team. And that is kind of involved in a few different ways. But essentially, the first step is making sure that you have the right team in place. And you can do that in a few different ways. The first is to recognize or to evaluate yourself as far as whether or not you're happy with your staff. And if you're not happy, have you given them opportunities to grow? Do they know what your expectations of them are? Have you spent the time training them? Have you followed up on the training to let them know that it is important? Have you done these things? If yes, and they're still not performing, there's a good chance that they are not the right fit. And we need to evaluate getting them off and getting someone else on board. So that is kind of the first aspect of this. The second aspect is once we are very happy with the team that we have in place, we need to be constantly evaluating how are we using our team members. I've talked about this book in my episode with Ross and Spencer Morgan, but the book, The Goal by Eliyahu Goldratt. And this book is all about essentially taking the most expensive piece in your assembly line and making that be the rate limiting step. And in our practice, the rate limiting step should be the dentist. We want the dentist to be as maximized as possible and other systems in the practice to revolve around the dentist. If there are bottlenecks in other places, we need to evaluate these, make these changes and get the dentist to become the bottleneck of the practice. And a very large way that we do that is by training our staff members and getting them to do as many of the processes and duties in the practice as possible. Your assistants need to be effectively trained and doing essentially every 
task that you feel comfortable with or training to get you to be more comfortable with more of these duties. But essentially, the more that they can be doing all of these things that you are doing, they can take those off from you and allow you to become more productive. So investing in doing some of those duties in the beginning, the more that you can focus and enhance that side of things, the longer you're going to be able to reap the rewards of higher production. Delegating is a huge part of this. When I work with practice owners, it is very, very common to see the dentist doing a lot of things, a lot of different tasks that could very simply be offloaded to other team members or to third-party companies to take those things off the board to free up the dentist's time, allow them to feel a little bit more energy and to be able to really be 100% focused on the patients, on the production, on those types of things that are really gonna get a lot more headway than being bogged down by some of this minutia. So delegating those things is a very good thing to evaluate. One practice that I have done with most of my clients is to, I've basically given the homework, okay, I want you to, for the next week, I want you to keep a log of everything that you are doing throughout your work week. What are all of the tasks that you are doing? And we are going to go through those together and we are going to one by one evaluate all of them and see which of these can be delegated and offloaded somewhere else to allow you to become more productive. Unless if there's something that you enjoy doing or you want to keep doing for a specific reason, that's okay. We don't have to do that. But it is extremely common for dentists to be doing things that don't really make a lot of sense. So doing that is another great way that you can front load the process. So the last point that I'll make under front loading the process is the idea of not delaying proper diagnosis, treatment planning, case acceptance and and co-diagnosis, all of these types of things. It is painful for me to hear how common it is for dentists when they're new in ownership to delay proper diagnosis because they have heard and because they believe that it is important for you to develop a relationship and to spend a year plus developing a relationship with your patients before you start properly diagnosing things. Stop. Do not do this. If any of you are preparing for ownership, prepare yourself to not do this. This is unethical. When would we ever treat patients differently based on our relationship with them. I mean, I understand the emotions and how the psychology plays into this, but it is unethical. People deserve the right to correct treatment and recommendations regardless of how long we know them and how we think about how much they like us. It's just silly. So please don't make this mistake. And this is one that I'm glad that I didn't make. From day one, I was committed to the ethical side of things, making changes and putting things in place where I could properly explain things to patient and let them make the decision. This does not have to be about money and the side of us being afraid that they're gonna see us as uh, just wanting their money and, and stuff like that. We can have conversations where we present it in a way that makes them very comfortable. We're giving them their options we're being completely honest with them and we're allowing them to decide for themselves without any pressure from us. So again, front-loading the process, getting these systems in place is going to allow you to reap the reward for years to come. So that is item number one as far as one of the best decisions that I made as a practice owner. Item number two is cutting back to three days per week. And this was big. This was really big for me. I cut back to, to three days a week 
on my, let's see, I started in July. So it would have been my 14th or 15th month in practice ownership. So I finished my first year and August is when I was really thinking about it. I still remember the day I was driving my daughter to school, dropping her off. I was listening to the book Relentless by Tim Grover and still love that book and just the mindset behind it. And uh, in the book, he just talks about putting priorities and deciding what you want to get and being aggressive with it and, and just not accepting less. And I had been thinking of this idea of going to three days a week. I was excited by it, but I was scared of it. I was scared of the drop. I was scared of what patients would think. What would my staff think? And I still remember this was all mulling around in my mind. I was listening to this book and I made the decision that day. It was August. I made the decision that I was going to have my front desk cancel all my Thursdays for the next month in September. And we were just going to make it work. And worst case scenario, if things fell apart and did not work out, I can go back. It's not that big of a deal, but I'm just going to jump into this and I'm going to see what happens. So September was my first month doing that. And we had a relatively average month. October, the next month after that, was my best month. It was my best month, 15 months into ownership. And my best month at that point was working three days a week. At that point, <laughs> it was very easy for me to say, oh, I'm not going back. This three days per week thing is incredible. I've talked about it countless times on this podcast, and it's a big part of TLP Academy. It's a big part of our coaching. But this idea of how to be more productive in the time that we have in our practice. So very, very, uh, very big deal. Very important. And making that decision is going to just bring you so much fulfillment, is going to make you feel more refreshed at work and allow you to be more productive in the time that you're there, is going to free up time outside of that in your life, you're going to be able to spend more time with your family, more time on hobbies. And there is a probably a pretty good chance that you, because you have more time, you're going to find other financial opportunities that were not there before. And that happened for me. That is about the same time that I ended up buying in and becoming a partner in the lifestyle practice. That was also the time that I really started to heavily get involved in real estate. And those two things have also been a pretty key component in my financial success. And I can credit that to taking the step and being willing to go to three days a week in work. So whatever that looks like for you, everyone's different. And so I'm not going to say this is right for everyone, but I am going to argue that you should consider dropping your number of clinical hours earlier rather than later. Don't wait for some event to happen in your life to make it where you have to cut back or something. Take advantage of opportunities that are in front of you. Just try and do that methodically and strategically so that you can increase production, keep the same income, or like in my case and others that I've worked with, actually increase your income while cutting back. And it is this strange idea, but it works. It works. So that's number two. And the number three, the very last thing, as far as the best decision that I made as a practice owner was focusing on leadership. And there is a lot that is wrapped up in this. For me, a lot of it came down to 
watching different leadership CEs online and a lot of different business books. For me, that is what it came down to for me. And I've shared this before, but the best definition as far as leadership that really has resonated with me comes from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. And in that, he talks about how all leaders across the board, as far as what he saw as very good leaders, had a very good blend of strong will and humility. The ability to go into a situation, having an idea, having a plan, and a confidence in moving forward with that, while also having humility, the ability to listen to your staff, to hear their concerns. I've talked about this as well with patients. Be confident with patients in your recommendations, but be humble enough to listen to their concerns and to listen to their priorities and to acknowledge that your recommendation may not be the right fit for them. And that is completely okay. And I would argue that that is a higher level of care to be able to listen to patients, to take their concerns and their priorities into context to help you developing the proper treatment plan for them is ideal. That is the best form of care that we can offer to our patients. So the other side of this, as far as developing leadership and focusing on that was a willingness to have difficult conversations, a a willingness to, after I had trained on something and, and worked through it with my staff, If something was falling through the cracks, I needed to address it immediately. We get what we tolerate. And every time you train on something and then you're silent after it, your silence is communicating to your team members that it is not actually important to you, that you are okay with them not doing what you trained on. So if you can take advantage of that, use those opportunities, nip it in the bud. As soon as you see something fall through the cracks, address it and move on. Be willing to have difficult conversations. If a team member isn't performing up to par, we need to talk about it. If an employee steps out of line and has unacceptable behavior, we need to address it. We need to talk to them, have a conversation. And it doesn't mean that I'm getting on them and saying, look, this is, I just can't deal with this. You know, you're doing X, Y, Z, and this is what's going on. I don't address it like that. I address it as a team member. I am their boss and I am their leader, but I want to come to the table as far as being on their team about it. So the way that I do that is by basically saying, look, I've observed and noticed this and I want to grow. And this is kind of the vision that I have. I'm wondering, and I want to talk about this together to see if we can come up with some solutions together for how we can improve this. What are your ideas? What are your thoughts? I have some thoughts and I'm happy to share them, but I'm curious, you know, is this something that you've noticed or is this the first time with me kind of bringing it up and and talking about it? What are your thoughts? If you can address things in this way with your employees, it is going to make a night and day difference as far as the results that you get. And that is a strong reason why I believe that I was able to make a lot more headway in a short amount of time in a practice was because of my focus on leadership and trying to have this blend of strong will and humility and to have difficult conversations when they need to be had. So that wraps things up for me. 
in today's episode. The three best decisions I made as practice owner was number one, front-loading the process, not waiting to put in the time and energy to developing systems and getting things in place in my in my practice. Number two best decision was making the decision to cut to three days per week. And the number three best decision that I made as a practice owner was to focus on leadership. So I hope this was helpful to you. Take care, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. As always, feel free to reach out to me. Best way is to just email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at thelifestylepractice.com. You can always go to our website, thelifestylepractice.com, and immediately you're gonna have this pop-up to see if you want to get feedback about your practice situation. You're more than welcome to fill that out. That gets sent to us, and we will set up a time to talk to you about your situation and see if our coaching might be a good fit, if TLP Academy would provide the help that you need. So we're more than happy to connect in any of those ways. Take care, continue to push yourselves. Don't take anything off the table as far as what you believe and what you want to achieve. And take care, and we will talk to you next time.